It all comes down to this role. Roy Munson, a man-child, with a dream to topple bowling giant Ernie McCracken. If he strikes, he's the 1979 Odor Eaters champion. He's got one foot in the frying pan and one in the pressure cooker. Believe me, as a bowler, I know that right about now, your bladder feels like an overstuffed vacuum cleaner bag, and your butt is kind of like an about-to-explode bratwurst. Hey, do you mind? I wasn't talking when you were bowling. Was I talking out loud? Was I? Sorry. Good luck. You think 65 in ties makes it difficult to get 6 of 6 through? Try 60th. 60. 6 0. That's right. Even making the cut at the US Open is difficult. Wingfoot is this year's host of the esteemed golf tournament and is a golfer, is a PGA DFS player. This week, for me, rivals even that of the Masters tournament. Two years ago, DeChambeau called it clown golf. Last year, Brooks almost won it again. He's out this year. And I call the U.S. Open a true testament of a golfer's ability to be the best player in the world for four days. But before that, hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA, hello UK, UK, hello Germany, Sweden, South Africa. What's up, Indiana? We still hate you. Shout out to the tiny town of Versailles, California. No idea how you say it or where you you are, but hello. And Henrico County. Give it up for Virginia. Yeah. You know anyone in Henrico? Henrico? No, I've never been It's by Richmond. Oh, no, I don't go down that far. Had plenty of listeners there. But as always, we'd like to remind our listeners that we can be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. We can be found everywhere. So please subscribe. Stay up to date with the cut line. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a comment. Leave that four, five stars, right? Yeah. Come on. Takes two seconds. Hit that like button. And if you are a new listener... You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. We're just going to smash this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And if you're coming back... Do me a favor, will you? Do you mind washing off that perfume before you come back to our table? You guys are just glorious. Glory. Glory. I'm Mike Kevin Lunas at Lunas on Twitter. Why am I such Bad a weekend loser? For me. Kind of. Ugh. Kind of. I smashed baseball. Like, crushed it. Um... But this is a PGA podcast. You guys don't care about it. It's not I, called the baseline. It's called the cut line. Like it should. But I missed my mark on PGA. 
sort of. I whiffed. I didn't go over. But I, I didn't I didn't play that heavy heavy. Thank you, uh, week one of the NFL playoffs. But still. Now I cannot. Will not, shall not do this show alone. On the other side of the mic is my man Mulligan Manafort. Zero iron, Zach. Damn, I shoot a 110 on a golf course. And that's good for my Ty Manafort. It is. Zach Manafort at EaglesFan83 on Twitter. Number 18 in your playbooks, but number one in your heart. Zach, how are you doing, my man? Oh, man, I got murdered. Last week, I am just. <laughs> I think by far, of the last 365 days, that was the worst PGA event I ever entered a lineup into. That bad, huh? It was just. I don't know what the heck. I mean, I had a lot of some good picks, but they are all paired with like just terrible players. So yeah, it was. It was bad. It was really bad. I have no good. I have only bad and ugly. That really no no nothing good, huh? N- nothing that makes me feel good about the bad of the ugly. Just... <laughs> All right, so so let's just jump into it. Let's 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 jump into the good, the bad, the ugly, and I am gonna say that yes, we we have limited exposure to good, bad, ugly. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say my good is Doc Redman. Doc Redman in a T three, right? Um. Yeah, I had did. plenty of I had plenty of Redman. The the problem is is like the bad and the ugly are so bad and so ugly that it really just killed me. So my bad would be just like Kevin Chappell, right? He was my monster. I actually ended up having a lot of him, thinking he was gonna do very well. I even picked him in my one and done. Um Really? Just thinking it was gonna be like very unique and the safe way open, right? Who I wasn't gonna waste this pick on like Johnny Vegas like a lot of people did. Um, I think there's better options for when you you're gonna use like someone like that. I, Varner finished tied for 29th, which I guess wasn't that bad of a pick. But th- this is the safe way. I knew what was coming up. I knew it was a strange golf season as it is. Um, I didn't want to walk into my one and done with like I don't know. Someone like Vegas, someone like Sergio Garcia, Shane Lowry, Tringale, all those guys missed the cut. So, yeah. But anyways, for for a DFS line of constructions, that was that was the bad. For me though, the ugly. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I can't more. do no no my my can't do it was was Sam Bermuda Burns, <laughs> and he finished seventh. Uh. Yeah, right. Good lordy. Let me tell you, I thought on Sunday that I was going to have to come on the show on Monday and listen to you gloat about Rio. I wasn't going to do that to you. I am so pleased. that As I was watching him tumble down the leaderboard, I was like, all right, I'm good. Once he falls out of 25th, I, I'm all right. Because he was, what, like 9K? Unbelievably priced? Yeah. He was pretty high. He, he was. Tied for, tied for 29th. I mean, he was in, like, what, third, fourth to start Sunday? It's all about four rounds. I know. I was, I was sweating. I was like, my lineup fell apart. I was like, as long as Griot doesn't go, because I was all, I was so anti-Griot, it was ridiculous. So I'm just so glad that he did not finish high. So what was your bad or what was your ugly? Um, 
God, there were so many. Who to choose from? Uh, let's see. Just scroll. I'm trying to see who finished the worst out of the guys that I picked. I just I really stopped paying attention to most people on Friday because most of my guys didn't make the cut. Um, actually, they finished a lot better than I thought they did. I would say my bad was most likely. It was my chalk that I did not that I couldn't get off of. Am I like even looking at the right leaderboard here? I don't know. Are you? I am. On, where's Where's Ron, man? Sorry. Where did he finish? Ron? Ron didn't play last week, did he? No? Am I, I'm like all sorts of crazy. I, my, my control F is just like failing me like a miserable thing. Failure. Ah, Jim Furyk. I had some Jim Furyk. 46. That was no good. Uh, Charlie Hoffman I was on. He did terrible. I think everybody finished like in the low 50s. Uh... Just talk, I just, it was just bad. It was just bad all around. Gooch. I had some Gooch. He missed the cut. Oh, I was on Jordan Speed. I thought he could bounce back. Oh, that was terrible. And the further down I go, I'm like, oh, yep. Played a lot of him. Played a lot of him. Oh, that's right. My guarantee. That's my ugly. My guarantee who's never missed the cut in this event, Fabian Gomez, just comes out shooting a 77 on day one. That was it. I forgot it was so bad on Thursday. I was like, he's going to be my ugly for sure. Yep, that was him. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I thought for sure, like, he's guaranteed. The dude never misses the cut there. Wrong. 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 So, wrong. All right, fun times. Good, bads, uglies. You know, you got ups and downs, strikes and gutters. I want to put it far, far behind me. It's fine. U.S. Open time. Cut it line is. is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the U.S. Open at Winged Foot. And we're going to do the best we can. Ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Do you want me to check the weather, Clarence? No, why don't you take care of it? Joey, do you ever hang around the gymnasium? To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sun, traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. <clears throat> there it is. Now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lined up at the green, but so is your bankroll. The cut line is here to give you your best plays, best builds, lineups, week in and week out. These uniforms suck. Bart, why do you pick up words like that? Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Oh, so if you have listening. the cut line is going to bring the raucous, the wisdom, and dedication to give you the best plays for the week, making sure that you get six of six through the cut line. Yes, the cut line. Yes, maybe the question and answer. <laughs> but you know what time it is. I do. Vegas. Vegas, baby. You're Nick Papa Giorgio. You're from Yuma, Arizona. You're into software. I never kid about money. And you never walk away from the table when you're on a heater. This is the Cutlines news segment, No Laying Up, where we look at this week's gambling options in order to 
just exploit the market, make a little bit more money in this thing called DFS, and hey, have some action on Sunday if you don't get 6 of 6 through your lineups. That's not going to happen here. Uh, everyone's going to get through. But we are a fan of DK Sportsbook. Any kind of sportsbook that will take our money and give us more money once we win. But want to make one point to note. That DraftKings is offering a profit boost on any U.S. player that you could bet on that potentially could win. Minimum, uh, the maximum bet though is fifty dollars. So it's something to take advantage of, especially if you love those American-born players. Yeah, it's gonna Anyways, be an American Zach. winner. Come on, let's start with some favorites. Who do, who do you like? Who do I like? I like Jason Day at forty to one. I think Come he's on, got a man. good shot this week. Yeah, I'm a little different. I'm coming out of my comfort zone. No, I'm just kidding. I've been on, I like Jason Day a lot this this year so far. Uh, to me, he's, he's well, I mean, we'll get into his stats, but he kind of lines up for me all around the course. And at 8,800, you know, he's not, I don't think he's a lot of guys going to become chalk here. I mean, he hasn't, he didn't do well the last two events, the BMW and Northern Trust, but, you know, he's he's good in these types of situations. So I think 40 to 1, he's, he's my upper tier because I'm not betting up the upper guys. It's, the payout's not good enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. The upper guy I am going to bet um, probably with like an each way. Would be Xander at sixteen to one to win. I can see that. And then if you want to get him at like top five, you could get him just at like um, seven to two on DraftKings, seven to four top ten. And the only reason that I'm adding him here is that um, he's a phenomenal play, right? He's he's the U.S. Open like always seems to come to play. You look at his you know past course performances. I'm sorry, past tournament performances, and it's it's phenomenal. Um, it really is when you when you look at X. So, just looking at this now, his tournament history for whatever reason here at the U.S. Open is nuts. It's insane. Okay, is it? yeah, third, twenty nineteen, sixth, twenty eighteen, fifth, twenty seventeen. Man, that's pretty extreme. All right, so um, I don't think I'm going to play him that much in DFS, but I will gamble with him, and that's why. I mean, that makes the most sense. That's the best way to play it. So the next guy I want to mention is kind of in the same boat because they're pretty chalky, I think, coming into this week, and that's Webb Simpson. Yeah. Simpson, uh, you know, last year tied for 16th, tied for 10th, 35th cut, 46th. And I get it. Like, why are we looking at course history? This isn't course history. This is, like, tournament history. And I always kind of think of the U.S. Open as, even though the course has changed, the concepts, the ideology of the challenges that you're going to face are, are very similar. Webb Simpson kind of fits that boat. I don't know how much I'm going to have him in DFS. So, again, I, I like Webb this week, so I want to get action to him, and I'm going to get him at 28-1. to 1. I don't hate that at all. I mean, he's definitely going to be the chalk, so why not just not have to play him in DFS? Why not? Right. And, the, and the the last kind of, like, favorite position that I think I'm going to have a lot of in DFS, but I'm also going to gamble him, is Patrick Reed, 33-1. to 1. You know how I feel about Patrick Reed. But I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I really don't hate it this week. I think that's a good play. Uh, I'm hoping that number goes down. I'm going to get it now and lock it in at 33. But we'll, uh, we're most definitely, 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 definitely um, good about me some Patrick Reed, man. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, so my other ones, I think I'm, I'm liking. He's going to be chalk, so I'm going to go ahead and bet him here. Is Terrell Hatton at 40-1. to 1. Same thing as Jason Day, so I like those two in that range. 
Another guy I think uh, you mentioned is going to be chalk earlier in our pre-conversation is Harry Harith English at 66 to 1. I think that's great odds for him. He's been playing fantastic except for the one week where he burned me to the ground. So I think that's a good place for him to bounce back. And then uh, long shot wise, uh, I like Brian Harmon at 175 to 1. He's been playing really well. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be a, a massacre out there. So whoever survives the best is going to win it. So I'll give him a chance. Uh, all right. Not bad. Uh, long shot that I'm going to go with is Sebastian Munoz. I like it. Uh, at 200 to 1. I like Munoz here because he had the eighth finish, eighth place finish at Tour Championship, eighth at the BMW. We saw how tough the BMW played, and he was just spectacular there. If you don't think Munoz is going to win, then he most definitely can just go like a different route and bet like a top five with him. And I think you'll still get a very good number even with top five. Um, I just lost him. Yeah, I mean, the whole. Anyone, I mean, the course is set up like kind of. I hate to say it's set up like last week, where last week the field was so weak, where it was anyone's game, and we we definitely saw how that turned out. This week, the course is going to be so unforgiving that it. I mean, I really think there's a there's a chance for these long shots to really come out on top here. They just have to play their best golf though for four days. That's like, true. I, like I don't know if that can happen. It can. I mean, the probability is lower, but I mean, you're still. I mean, 175 to one. I mean, I'll, I'll take those odds. Right, depending on how many units you're going to play on these guys. But, like, uh, like what do I like about the Munoz bet? Like, right now he's 110 to 1 on, on DraftKings, but you can get him at 18 to 1 to top 5, which is more realistic. Absolutely. Than it is to do, like, like the 110 to 1. So that's why I don't mind the each way bet where you even get top 10 at 9 to 1. No, I, do, I like that. I like that a lot. So, and then the last long shot I'm going to mention is just Van Ruin at 160 to 1. Really, he's he's one sixty to one. Uh, last I looked. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a good. I like that a lot. That's a good play. I think that was on Bovada though. Oh, uh, yeah. Let me see what he's at. You got a price shop, ladies and gentlemen. I don't price shop. I all my action stays on uh, my bookie. You Let's got your see. own private bookie? Yeah, I do. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me see what he's at. Yeah, Van Rien's still 160 to 1 on draft. Oh, he's wow. 33 to 1. Come over five. to my bookie, man. 225 to 1. Look at that guy. Week. I'm putting a 1 on right now. Thank you, sir. <laughs> hey, man, Joel Dahman's 225 to 1 over on DK. Dahman, really? Dahman is. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, I'm not even going to waste my money. Dahman's 175 oh. to 1 over here, so don't, don't waste your money there. Yeah, well. So you want Van Rien? Come to my bookie. They're trying. Yeah, they're trying. Anyone else you want to mention? Uh, not really. I guess. No. Ches Revy at one forty to one, I think, is pretty good. I like I like Corey Connors at one sixty to one. I'll mention those two. Okay. 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 So I'll do it for no laying up. Hope you guys make the right picks and bets this weekend to help pad up that bankroll. But, Zach, dude, it's Wednesday night. It's Wednesday night. Lineups locked the next day. What are you going to be doing? Me? You. I'm going to be playing my own little major. I'm, I'm playing three days of nonstop golf. Ooh. Because the courses are going to open next week to the public. 
So I'm using all my time to get on them when they're still not open to everybody. So it's not as exhilarating, but it is pretty awesome because I will have basically three different courses basically to myself. Be like maybe six other people on the course, which is pretty awesome. Considering you, are, considering here it's always jammed when it's open. Are you playing scrambles? Are you gonna be playing uh, straight up? What, what's the deal? A little uh, bingo, ball, bingo bongo. Best ball for some. Wolf. A little best ball. That's about it. Nothing crazy. So I have a secret. Uh oh. Like when I golf, I hate best ball. Really. Like, I just want to play my game, my ball, and I want to suck and have everyone see it. And I get it. I get, like, when you do shotgun starts and, and you do those big, massive tournaments and everything like that, you're playing best ball for the lowest score. But, man, how many of those motherfuckers out there are cheating, you know? Oh, no, I agree. This is totally for fun. So, but, um, yeah, I guess it's fun to, to support your group and, and do do the best you can. That's right. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm not a huge fan of best ball. I, I like playing Wolf. I like yeah. gambling. I like gambling. I do like gambling. I'm just not good enough. I will lose. I like money. I lose if I gamble in golf. Well, that's fine. Well, I am not going to be playing 36 holes or how many holes you're going to be playing that day. You're, you're going to no, be doing some ownership. I'm going to be looking at ownership on Fanshare Sports on FanshareSports.com. Um, yeah, yeah. This is where you get the best, most elite ownership in the industry. How do I know this? Because I compile that ownership. Mm-hmm. Man, we are looking at like point nine something ridiculous week in, week out, pinpoint spot on ownership. Pinpoint. It's like we know what we're doing. You know at least. That's right. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. Now, to make sure that you have the best ownership in the business, go to FanshareSports.com, type the word CUTLINE in the discount code, and receive 20% off your pro membership. God, that's a good deal. It's a great deal. Great deal. Great deal. All right, so this is a tournament that forces every golfer to play their best game in no particular advantage or style. Seems to correlate... Or help gain you any advantage this week. DJ, Jordan Spieth, Martin Keimer, Justin Rose, Webb Simpson, Rory McIlroy, Lucas Glover. Yes, these are names that have won in the past. Yes, that Lucas Glover has won a U.S. Open. And let's not forget, we are returning to the dreaded winged foot where Phil Mickelson's best and most closest opportunity to win a coveted u.s open which would have gave him the grand slam of his career came to a crumbling halt on the 18th mm. where he finished two over with a double bogey and tied for second place yikes dude and i don't even think this weekend could get even sweeter with week two of the nfl but zach what are the golfers Going to be looking at. Ooh, oh, baby. Winged foot. It has not shown the player as much in terms of scoring in the past. So we've seen, what is it, a total of one, two, three, four, five U.S. Opens here at winged foot, dating back all the way to 1929 when Bobby Jones was the winner at a plus six in the playoffs. 
and most recently in 2006 when Greg Ogilvy won at five over. So there you have it. So we'll probably see about the same score, and I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we see a little bit higher. So it's par 70 this week, playing at 7,477 yards in length. Tight tree-lined fairways, a plethora of bunkers, and some greens that are quite like steps that will show you to the 18th and make you walk off in shame. The course it will be set to customary U.S. Open traditions, which is thick, rough, and it, from some of the Instagram and Twitter feeds I've seen, it looks pretty thick and rough, and firm and fast greens, so that should be fun. Whole compositions, we got four par threes that range from 162 to 243. We got two par fives at 565 and 633 yards, and 12 par fours, with one being just 321 yards to one at its length of 504. So that should be interesting. Greens are Poa, about average size, 6,600 square feet. Two water hazards that really aren't in play, and 76 bunkers, as I mentioned earlier. The cut, as we've seen on Instagram and some of the other sites that have listed this off, is about 3.5 inches in the first cut, about 6 feet wide, and the second cut is 5 inches thick, so good luck hitting your ball out of that if you don't find the fairway, which most don't here. Uh, Weather-wise, we're not looking at a whole lot of trouble, just some wind. Um, really, 9 to, 9 to 14 miles an hour on Thursday, gusts in the morning will be a little bit stronger in the afternoon. Friday, it doesn't look like you really get any mercy. 14 miles an hour is going to be steady state. Uh, gusts up to 25. That lasts pretty much all day with a small window between 2 and 5 p.m. where it might be only 9 to 12 miles an hour. But I bet that changes between now and then. So weather is not going to really give you an edge here, but keep an eye on it. Uh, Temperature-wise, looking at mid-70s on Thursday, upper 50s, lower 60s on Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, not too bad. You know, a little chilly in the morning, upper 50s, and then in the 60s all day. No rain in the forecast at all between now and then, so don't really have to worry about that at all. So just keep an eye on the wind, and, and we'll see what's going on. So for me, what that all boils down to, for me, it's a tough course, so I'm going to look at all-around game. I want to see strokes gain, T to green in the last 50 rounds. I want GIRs gain. I want scrambling because there's going to be a lot of up-and-down issues. I want strokes gained around the green because there is a huge issue over the past five U.S. Opens here around gaining strokes on the green. And then when you're on the green, it is unforgiving with the multi-tiered aspects. So I want three-putt avoid and I want bogey avoid. I want them both. Uh, and that is what I'm going to be looking at for the most part uh, when it comes to how I'm going to attack this course. I'm also going to take into consideration form because I don't want guys that are coming in here already all messed up. Uh, but that's what I'm looking at for stats. What about you, Seth? Look, it, it is going to be a unique situation, but this is the first time in a long time that I'm not going to be looking at, like, scoring at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at ball striking at all. Like, Nope. Yeah, I don't, yeah, completely agree. I mean, this is just like a straight lace, tee to green, give me the best player who's going to grind out. So... Like, I'm looking at bogey avoidance, fairways gained, greens and regulation gained, good drives gained, strokes gained on approach, and strokes gained around the green, and strokes gained tee to green. Ooh, you're taking them all. Not off the tee, huh? Uh, well, I took fairways gained, which I think is a better fantasy national stat. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, so that accounts for the strokes gained off the tee. And then plus, you know, I got off the tee in my um, fairway model. Fair enough. S- so so it's there, but in my main like tournament opportunity model, it, it it's not a part of it. But long story short, like it's like I need that grinder who is going to play four rounds of golf, realize that they're going to suffer and suck, and be in contention come Sunday. Yep. 
So, you know what? I, I just want them to swallow their pride. Like, this golf course could eat them up. I saw a picture or a, or a video of someone taking one of those 16-ounce Arnie Palmer cans, putting it in the second can, of, like, the second rough, and just, it disappeared. Yeah, it's it's so thick, man. The ball. I saw people, there was videos of people dropping balls, and it, as soon as they hit the ground in the second cut, they're gone. Like, good luck. But, I mean, it's like, it's almost to the point where you think, like, someone like DJ who just who hits a lot of fairways, don't get me wrong. Yep. But, but is he going to, like, put that big dog away and just go down like a three-wood? I mean, where there's just... I mean, it's like, like par 70. I mean, it mitigates... It's so long, though. Some of them are. But some of them, he's, I mean, he, if he wants to muscle off that 364 on a par 4, I mean, he could if he wanted to. I don't... I, wouldn't, I don't think... I wouldn't take the chance here, but, I mean, he could. All right. Anyways, it's, it's going to be a, just a great weekend of golf. Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. It's it's exciting. Thank God it's on the East Coast, right? Yeah. So it we'll have it plenty or early. Plenty early. He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. All right, so that takes us to our birdie or better segment. Where Zach and I are going to break down each tier of golfer all the way from the top 11K tier, 10K tier, down to the 7Ks. Thank goodness we don't have a 12K golfer here. Wouldn't make much sense, though. I would hate that. And we're looking for our best plays, favorite plays, the golfers that we intend to take us to the bank. All right, man, let's let's start it off. Let's kick it off with the top tier, the 11 and 10K range. Let's do it. I know I normally let you go here. I want you to go first. It's a major. Let the, let the master I'm, go. I'm going to do it. Do it. And I think it's really hard to fade John Rahm here. Ah, yes, sir. I'm with you. I mean, at 11K, he's $500 cheaper than Dustin Johnson. And his recent form is just impeccable. In terms of, like, him wearing, winning the memorial, right? Him winning the BMW, where where the course conditions were insanely difficult, especially that Sunday at the Memorial. People forget the wind was yeah. just grotesquely difficult. Um, my confidence model number one, aggregate model number one, overall stat model number one. Coming off the tee, he's number two, and approach number nine. Like if John Rom fucks up here this weekend and and comes out and he's off his form, off his rocker. I'll be surprised. Look, he's chalk. I'm willing to eat. Looking at 20 plus percent. Could potentially become like the chalk dog. Um, I don't care. 11K, some of my builds are going to have John Rahm in it. Yep. I have nothing bad to say about him. He is my number one pick. He grades out number one for me. There's just no reason not to play him. I, I, I can't find any. His, his approach game has been shaky a little bit every other week, but it has been horrendous. So I can't fault him there. Um, the the last thing I think about Rom and and versus DJ DJ who's been you know the hottest golfer these last few weeks without a doubt right like like you can't take that away from Dustin Johnson. My, my the, issue with Dustin Johnson is scrambling has been yeah. Well, my my issue that aside is that if you go with eleven five Dustin Johnson and you want to make a lineup that is very yeah contrarian. You're going to have to swallow the pill on some very bad golfers. Yes, you will. 
and I I don't I don't know if I'm able to do that. No, I'm not. So the the hard thing with this week is that because there's no scoring like in a traditional DraftKings mold, like you have to factor in where you think these golfers are going to finish. True, that's very true. So if you are going to go like a stars and scrubs build, like you're picking six K guys, not hoping to make the cut, you're hoping they top ten, top five. Yep. They have like to. top 15. They have to if you want to win because they're yeah. not going to get birdies. They're not going to get their scoring streaks. You're not looking at eagles. Nope. Oh, that's what Vegas bets I forgot to mention. Like, if you could find the props where, like, like no player hitting a hole in one and they're giving you the odds, like, take it. Um, Eagles, too. Yeah. So, anyways. Go yeah, ahead. general. Who else in this top range do you... I'll be like? honest with you, John Rahm is the only guy I have in the 10Ks and up. I, I don't want more Kyle. I think too many people are going to be on him. I, I worry about Xander's three-putt avoid. He, he grades out well for me. So Xander was on my, like, on-the-fence list. He grades out number six overall. Uh, 10th, or sorry, 12th in strokes gained two to green. 8th JR's gained. 6th in scrambling. 21st round the green. 1st in bogey avoid. My red flag is he's 99th in three-putt avoid. It's not a big deal most of the time, but I really, really worry about guys that are going to put themselves in a bad situation when they get on the green. Uh, and I just don't feel comfortable paying that when I can just go up to Rom and be and like if Rom blows up and loses, I don't feel bad. But if, if Xander goes on and three putts like five or six times, I'm going to be like it was there right in front of me and I didn't listen to it. So I I, I don't hate Xander, but I'm just not going to play him. Say I, I like Xander. I like his course history in terms, or like tournament history and the oh, success. It's just it's it's just if I'm gonna bet him, that's the type of guy I don't know if I want him in my lineups. Yeah, I mean form wise, you're right. The tournament history, he's cruising, but I don't know how you fade Morikawa here. Hmm. Like, I, I really don't. Like, he's been phenomenal since he won the PGA. He won the workday in early July. He missed the cut at the Northern Trust. I get it, but that That's was fine. right. That was his tournament right after the PGA that he came back. But you look at the BMW, and what is usually a strong suit of his game, like a strength of his game, is where he struggled. He struggled off the tee, um, losing, like, 1.3 strokes. And that was just a terrible wind course. Like, it, like that's what was struggling off the tee was the wind and the weather. Here, you just you just got to be accurate. And I think that Morikawa can easily be accurate. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. But my issue with him is around the green game is not very strong. Look, it was a tough around the green at the Zero Championship. It was tough at the BMW around the green. He gained strokes there. Um, at the PGA Championship, he gained strokes around the green. He had a ridiculously hot putter. That's the other thing. If the putter gets hot, it's not going to be hot here. No, but that's, hot, that's hot, hot relative to like the ten footers or the fifteen footers, like that are going to be like your up and downs. If if that can happen for Morikawa, I, I think he could have a lot of success here. I I don't think you can fade him. I I don't know how you can have no interest in Colin Morikawa. I when you look don't... at the you look at the skill set that he provides and the fact that he's only 10k, I think I'm grading around the green really heavily this week, and he has not been consistent. 
at all. And when he is, he's not even like dominant. He's like, I barely gained strokes. That just that to me that is just recipe for disaster. How? Okay, here's my thing with you and the around the green thing. Mm -hmm. All right, our biggest concern is hitting that fairway first, right? No, and, no, no, because the second shot, you're not necessarily going to get to the green. Not necessarily, but the second shot is the least concerning shot of, of all the shots that we're facing. Because guys are going to hit, no one's going to hit every fairway. other no. unless, you're, unless you're like Brendan Todd or something like that. But mm-hmm. like, I think the, the harder, the more feasible, conscientious play here is... The second shot out of the rough, which is not going to end up around the green, it's going to end up short in the fairway where where guys are using that, you know, fifty yard wedge game. Yeah, but he hasn't even been like. Say he's off target. His scrambling isn't even that good. He's 69th in the field. Look, if you're off target here, you're you're done. Right. I'm just saying. I don't. I mean, you're you're talking about a hypothetical. I'm not going to bank on Colin Morikawa being off target off the tee. I'm just. It's not. It's not what I'm going to do. That's like me saying like. His like, approach game hasn't been that dialed in. That that's like an NBA like saying but, like I'm gonna I'm gonna fade a game because of totals because I fear the blowout. Like that. It's it's not. It's not a smart move. No, but if if you're looking at a guy whose approach game has been trending downward since. Like beginning of the year, that's just trouble. Like he was dominant. If his approach game was the way it looked back in like early June or the end, like January February time frame when he was getting like six strokes strokes every tournament, like okay. But three point one at the Tour Championship, one at the BMW. I'll throw out the Northern Trust because he missed the cut. Three point six at the PGA. Okay, that's pretty good. And then one point eight at St Jude. And those numbers aren't that great considering he's usually putting up like 6.3, 6. 6.8, uh, 9.2. Like he used to be consistently gaining three plus strokes on approach per tournament, and he does not do that well anymore. I mean, this is a week to week game. I, I'm not going to fade Morikawa because you're going to the great lengths to to nitpick here. Like I am. I have to. You you, you do that for the, with every golfer. I'm I'm not. I'm going to take Morikawa's upside. I'm going to take his ability to play amazing golf. He is incredibly talented, fits the course mold that we're looking for, hits it far enough, hits it very accurately, and can dominate on approach and can dominate with the putter. As we saw at the PGA Championship, as we saw at the Workday, as we saw at the Charles Schwab back in June, like it's it's all there, and it and it's a risk I'm willing to take. Fine, take it. The uh, other guy I want to mention here in this in the same price range is is Justin Thomas. Who, like JT, is only going to look coming in at like twelve percent, thirteen percent. That's actually pretty good. I I would rather play Justin Thomas over Morikawa. To be honest with you. Well, at that ownership leverage, sure. In general, he's he's priced up at ten seven. In my overall stat model, thirty third. Uh, my scoring model sixth, approach model number one, fairways and greens like twenty seventh. Where where he's struggling recently is the putter, and th- like that that's I guess the roller coaster we ride now with Justin Thomas. But 
the thing is with JT and the putter, I I would totally take the risk on playing Justin Thomas on POA, which is his best putting surface by far, yep. and hope that he finds the short stick. That that's really what it comes down to. Guy finished in second tour championship, obviously a way different setup. Hasn't had like that success that we've been looking for since the St. Jude, since the workday. And he's kind of struggled. And he's really struggled with the putter. I mean, in his last five rounds, he's he's lost 2.4 strokes. Last 10, he's lost almost a stroke. And then he's dead even in the last 20. It's like it's vanished. Um, yep. Not to say that it's ever like there consistently, but uh, I would take the, the putter getting hot this weekend and Justin Thomas as an option. I would absolutely agree with that. After looking at it a little bit closer, I would pick JT in a heartbeat here over almost anyone but Rom in this range. All right, so let's go down to the 9K range. Let's go there. And let's just get this out of the way. <laughs> Bryson does not fit this course. No, uh-uh. Like, the old Bryson, maybe. But the new Bryson, no thank you. Nope. He's just going to bomb this ball and just be in the rough, and, and the guy can't hit irons? No, thank you. Now, if you want to play contrarian and gain massive leverage on the field, play Bryson DeChambeau. Yep. No thanks, though. Like, if he's willing to put the driver away and just hit a like a short iron, like a two iron... Or I don't even know if he can hit a one iron. Have Bryson hit a one iron off the tee, <laughs> like, and if he can be accurate with it with that distance, the club head will fly off eventually. But so what? Who cares? I, like I'm curious if Deshambo is willing to swallow his pride, put the driver away, and say, "Look, I'm going to hit this ball far. I'm going to hit it farther than you, but I'm not going to hit it much farther than you. But I'm going to be way more accurate with my irons than you are with your three wood." Or your driver. True. That's the that's the only argument I can make for DeChambeau. I don't disagree, but I'm not playing it. Alright. Who are you playing in this nine K range? I like Patrick Cantley, ninety four hundred. I think yeah, me too. an interesting play. Grades tenth overall for me. Kinda of middle of the road when you look at his stats, but you know, I think he can overplay and outperform where Fantasy National puts him in his last thirty six rounds. And it's all kind of in the mid twenties, upper thirties when it comes to stats, but I mean, he's coming in off a of 12th in the BMW where he struggled on approach, but I mean, that was his worst approach game he's had since the Northern Trust in 2019. Uh, generally speaking, he gains strokes across the board to, to include putting. Um, Poe is not his best surface, but I think a lot of people are going to struggle here putting, so I'm not that worried about it. Because uh, when he does lose strokes putting, it's not, he, he really rarely ever has a, like, a tournament where he loses seven, eight, nine strokes putting. He loses one. Maybe two, uh, which is fine. Um, coming in pretty good form. The only cut he's missed, really, since you know, going way back in 2019 is a Northern Trust, and so many people missed that that you can't really count it against them. I mean, the guy hasn't missed a cut since the players back last March. So I think you can count on him to definitely you know, make the cut here and then be in contention at the end, at the end of Sunday. So I, I love Cantley here at 94. Yeah, I, I like Cantley. I think it's a good solid pick. I think it's I safe. Know. I think it's I don't safe think it'll be highly owned either. I don't think it's going to come in. I mean, he's smack in the middle of all all sorts of guys that are performing well, with exception of Bryson. Um, so I don't. I think it's going to be pretty spread out here. I do. I think a lot of love is going to go to Webb Simpson. I agree. And like Webb, Webb for me, 
is like teetering on like like he's almost a can't do it ownership right now. Yep. But then again, it's Webb Simpson. Do I really want to fade Webb Simpson? Hmm. I mean, he Dude. was number one player in the world recently. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. Potswala, like, like struggled at the Tour Championship. I don't know if he's still dealing with that rib injury. And I wish we had a little bit more insight on that because, because if it's an injury that's making him play so bad recently, then no, I, I don't want him. And so yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do a deeper dive on Webb's injury, see what caddies are saying, seeing what guys are saying around the course, saying, seeing what they're saying about it in general. Um, man, reach out to some of these other guys who uh, have a have a little, little deeper connections. Right, and maybe we get some more out of Webb, but like he fits, he fits the bill. He but does. I, again, go, going back to Cantley though, I, I do like the play, pick. Um, you know, Vegas likes Cantley, and my confidence model, he's ranked number six. Um, so he's in play. True. Uh, a guy I want to mention is Tony Finau. True. Finau ranks thirty fourth in my overall model, second in the scoring. Fourth in approach and thirtieth off the tee. We know he's the grinder type that is not gonna let like bad rounds get him down. And let's forget not forget this is the same guy who basically ripped his ankle apart at the Masters right. and yeah. gutted through that. So if he can gut through that and play phenomenal, I'm pretty sure that Tony Finau can play through the torment and torture of the US Open. So I'm going to most definitely take some Tony Finau here. I know a lot of people are. He's always a popular name, but I don't care. I'm, I'm playing Tony Finau. I don't don't hate it. I do yeah. say this, though. He's not a core play for me. It's too volatile of a course for me, like where he's missed a cut, finished in fifth, missed a cut, finished in 14th in terms yeah. of tournament history. So he's not going to be a core play by any means. Nope. Nope, sir. No, sir. No, sir. I would not be playing him. Um, Daniel Berger. Yeah, I like Berger this week. I think he'll. Yeah, I mean moderate ownership, but he to me is it was a toss up between Berger and Cantlay, and I think Berger edges him out a little bit, even on price. I don't. I don't hate either one. They're both like having great seasons. Berger's kind of the same. He hasn't. He's missed one cut Memorial. Going all the way back to October at the Houston Open, he doesn't lose strokes like anywhere, and even if he does, it's less than one. So he can play tough courses. Poe is his best putting surface. I can't. I can't have. I can't find a white reason not to play him, but I can find a whole lot of reasons to play him. I don't know, man. Like, 9,200 Daniel Berger. Don't get me wrong. This season has played a phenomenal year for Daniel Berger. I, I've said that multiple times on this show. Yeah. But there is just something irking me about Daniel Berger. The fact that he was losing strokes off the tee at the Tour Championship. Losing strokes putting. But not much. No. I know. Barely. Like, it, he's not playing bad. Poe is his best putting surface. And you're right. I like I, I don't know what it is that's making me say, like, do you really want to play Daniel Berger and like and like question it? 
But it's just historically, he's like, he barely cracks the top 20 in my model for the U.S. Open. Really? When I look at the scoring relative to par as being like extremely difficult. Mm. That's and that's nice. over the last 24 rounds. So that's like kind of like recent bias where where the where, where scoring was difficult and at 9200 when you're barely cracking top 20 top 25 in that it kind of shoots up a red flag for me to where I don't know if I'm going to if I'm going to buy the Daniel Berger hype this weekend. I mean I think I'm going to buy it a little bit. I think I have to. All right, so let's go down to the 8K range. Let's roll down there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I do want to say this. I'm not playing any Matsuyama. Oh, no. No. Good. No. No. All right, so now, now we got that taken care of. Let's go down to the 8K range. It include Tommy Fleetwood, Jason Day, Adam Scott, all the way down to Victor Hovland. Yeah. And yeah. your boy, your favorite, Tiger Woods. Yeah. yeah. All right, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Patrick Reed fits this course to a T. Like, like almost core play for me. He does everything good. He doesn't do anything great. He's solid off the tee, solid in approach, solid around the green, solid putter. Like, I'm willing to eat Patrick Reed as a core play this weekend. And especially at 8,500. Like, contrary to how I felt about Daniel Berger fitting in that, like, ranking range of being on a difficult course... Patrick Reed is in that same range, but he's only eight thousand five hundred dollars. It's a market game, man. I know. I mean, I'm I'm reluctantly going to agree with you that I would. It hurts. It even pains me to say this that I I would consider playing Patrick Reed this week. He's not a core play for me. Can't do it. I just can't bring myself to go that far. But I agree that he does line up well for this course, and I will likely have some some Patrick Reed. I think he's a pretty solid option here. He's good. He's a he's a good... 26th in strokes gain off the tee. 8th in birdie or better gained. 35th in ball striking. 37th in strokes gained tee to green. 67th in good drives gained. That's on difficult courses. Um, so you, you do have some like red flags there, obviously. Yeah. But but I, I still think it's it's worth it to play Patrick Reed in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I just, yeah. All right, Patrick Reed. Yeah, let's go Patrick Reed. I'm on. I'm on the, I'm on the Patrick Reed train. Man, it was that easy to convince you? No. I'll have a little bit of Patrick Reed. All right. Who else in this 8K range do you like? Uh, Jason Day, 8,800. I knew you were going to bring him up, yeah. I, I have to. I mean, I have to. I've been on him all, all year. He Again, he pops in my model at number eight overall. Looking at last 36 rounds. Scrambling is fifth. It's around the green games number two. He's 14th in bogey avoid, 30th in three putt, and 34th strokes gain tee degree is not great, but whatever. And that's because he just looked like a big giant turd at the BMW where he lost 6.7 strokes and then he lost 6.2 at the Northern Trust. Okay, a little bit of a red flag. I'm going to throw out the Northern Trust because everyone did bad. BMW worries me a little bit, but he's taking, you know, a couple weeks off. Get his head right, because before those two awful events, he was 4th at the PGA, 6th at the WGC, 4th at Memorial, and 7th at Workday. Like, he was crushing the course, like just absolutely destroying every aspect of his game. I really hope 
that it's kind of like when he missed the cut, you know, with the Rocket Mortgage and the Travelers back in late June, early July, and then went on this ridiculous run of four top ten, four top eights in a row. So missed the cut in the Northern Trust, missed the cut of the BMW, or 64th of the BMW, took a couple weeks off, he's been coming fresh, he knows how to play in these type of events, he's no stranger to tough courses. I really, I mean, Poa is like by far his best putting surface. I'm in. I'm in. On, I'm in on Jason Day. And I don't think he's going to be that highly owned, which is another better thing. No, he's not. He's going to be single digits. That's perfect. That's exactly where I want. Like I, I think Fiend, uh, or Fleetwood, surprisingly comes in at single digits just because of his recent play. Yep, agree. Um, Justin Rose single digits because his recent play. Ricky Fowler because of his recent play single digits. I don't know that I could get on with Rose though. Like. Victor Hovland, like these these are guys I think fit this course. You think really Justin Rose? I, he yeah, just, he, he's been so bad. He uh, what, what what was it? It was the the with Rose. Like okay, I don't disagree. Rose Rose has been bad. He hasn't been consistent. Okay, he's gonna he's shown what he can do a couple times, but he has shown no consistency since the restart. Well, we saw him at at the at the Northern Trust. We saw him last there, and that was it. Was windy? Like, did he, he fit, really? Did he really do better, or did he just like play well in the wind that day? All the good players missed the cut, and then he finished twenty fifth. Well, remember at the Wyndham, like the first round, like it was devastating, and then in round two, we talked about it. Like we thought yeah, he yeah. found something, and then at the Northern Trust, like he did. Like he finished in twenty fifth, and I, I know he fired his swing coach, and he's kind of like going it alone now. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, it's Justin Rose. I have confidence in him trying to figure it out. He, he's a he's a veteran player, and was going through some things. I think he took these last few weeks to to dial it all in. And and you're going to see Rose be competitive here this weekend. I hope so, but I I am going to take the wait and see approach here. I mean, I don't know how you can tied for third, tied for tenth last two times at a U.S. Open. Mm. So, so the upside is there when, when, when the when the going gets tough. The tough get going. Hey, 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 hey. Nah, I pass. Nah. All right, so a guy in this range I want to mention, and I really don't want to play him. <laughs> But I'm going to play him. And I hate that I'm saying this. Is Ricky Fowler. Uh, I've been burned through this this rationale most, really recently. It, it really comes down to that six-inch putt. True. Um, like, that's where I'm at for him. Like, I, I really think that... If you guys don't recall, at the PGA Championship, Ricky Fowler could have made the cut and, you know, made tons of money, probably been in competition if you could have put, like, a round three, round four together. But he missed the cut on a six-inch duff, right? And then came back to the Northern Trust, you know, two weeks later and finished 49th, struggled tee to green, struggled off the tee, struggled in approach. Um, Historically, a bad POA putter, but... Is something stewing 
major-wise because of that missed putt. I don't know. I mean, I, I, if I play Fowler, I'm going to say this. It's not a core play. It's like, uh, well, I'm going to take a shot in an MME and throw him in you know, a few lineups here or there. But it's more of like a conviction play. Like hoping Fowler figures it out or figured something out and comes back. The problem is, is that he's just not like you're hoping for a top ten, right? You're not hoping for a win with Fowler at this price, right? Oh yeah. So for that price differential, and and I'll take that, and maybe that putter gets super hot, and he and he figured out those small kinks in his swing. I hope you're right, but I uh, I just don't I I played this game already, and I just don't want to do it here. I feel you. I understand. I can't do that. All right, who else in this AK range? Um, I know Hatton's gonna be chalk, but I just think he fits the course here. Eighteenth overall in my model, eleventh in GRS gain, seventeenth in three putt avoid. This um, form's been pretty solid. Seventh in the Tour Championship most recently. Uh, really, this game has been great since missing the cut to PGA. So I'll have some exposure to Hatton, but that's that's about it in this in this range. I'm most definitely going to buy Tommy Fleetwood. Um, 11th in my fairway model, 34th in my approach model, 13th in my putting ranker, overall 6th. Um, you get 8,900 Tommy Fleetwood, who's going to be single-digit ownership. I'm, I'm going to buy that. Yeah, I don't hate that. Not at all. And the last guy I'm going to probably take is, is Matt Fitzpatrick. And I know he's going to be really chalky. He's probably going to be like double-digit owned, upper teens, potentially 20%. I don't think there's a fade or an ownership that I'm going to say that I don't like Fitzpatrick here. He's a grinder by nature. Um, you know, he's not a scorer. So this kind of course, this kind of mentality really helps his game. Um, in my confidence ranking, he ranks number 13th. Um, so he's 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 the highest of the 8K range in the confidence ranking. Overall stat model, third. Where he's going to struggle, though, is putting. And again, like, it's such a... How are you going to predict that accurately? Especially on you know on Poana, yep. I I think Fitzpatrick is a great play this weekend. I'm going to have him plenty. He potentially could end up being part of my core lineups, um, in my three maxes, twenty maxes, however I decide to play this weekend. But I love him this weekend, especially with the sixth at the BMW, which we knew was such a hard course. Like the the recent form to show us when things get like super shitty and difficult, Fitzpatrick can p- come to play. I like that call. I don't know if I can make him a core three, but I, I do like the the way you kind of broke that down. It intrigues me because I didn't have any Fitzpatrick before that. Yeah. Guy I'm not going to have is Tiger Woods. No Tiger. Ah, uh, yes. Finally. Welcome to the good side. No Tiger. No Tiger. It's first time he's been in the field that I haven't had to disagree with you very, very fiercely. All right. Let's go to the 7K range. Yeah, let's go there. Kick it off. Uh, actually, this is a range I usually really love, and I don't. I have one play, maybe two, and I know he's chalk. And the last time I said him, he burned me to the ground. It's Harris English at 7,900. I know, but he grades out number two overall for me, which I will take at 7,900. Scrambling, he's number one, fourth and around the green, fifth and bogey avoid, 16th and three putt avoid, 26 JRS gain, and 21 stroke gain off a tee in his last 36 rounds. He plays his best golf on difficult courses, so I love that. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, he's just been doing very well. 12th at the Tour Championship. And when he burned me, I mean, he burnt, he, when I say burn, he got 40th at the BMW. So, okay, whatever. At least he, you know, 
he did all he, he did all right. Uh, second at the Northern Trust when no one else could figure it out. Twenty uh, third at the Wyndham, nineteenth at PGA, eighteenth at Three Open, thirteenth at Memorial. I mean, hard courses, easy courses. He's done it all, and he's done well, and he's priced back down below eight K, which I'm all about. Uh, so I will have a I will have a ton of Harris English. Um, so that's where I'm at in the seven K range. I don't know that there's another another play that I like more than him. I, I like Harris English from a stat perspective. The only thing I don't like about it is the fact that he's he's chalk in this in this price range. Sure, of course he is. But like significant chalk. It's fine. It's fine. So, um, guy I want to mention is uh, Joaquin Neiman at seventy four hundred. I'm hoping that his ownership stays suppressed, but I have a feeling it's going to go higher. He's currently at 5%. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this week he is, like, come Thursday, come lock, that we're looking at, like, close to 12, 13, 14% with Neiman. Because I think he's just going to be talked up. You um, think so? Well, first of all, he, he comes to play at majors. He comes to play when the big boys come to play, right? That that That's a very consistent thing on him. And we, we've said that before about him. Yeah, but he's just... He's just... I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm talking about Louis, not Joaquin. My bad. Oh, I'm about to say. I'm about My to bad. I'm talking about Louis. Louis. Okay. Louis. All right. Louis. Scratch I still, that. I can't really buy on Louis either, but I could buy it more than. Well, I could you look buy at the him. tournament history: tied for seventh, tied for sixteenth, tied for twenty-third, twenty-third, tied for second. At, at, at the U.S. Open, you know, like it's going to be huge. Looking at like Louis on, on terms of ownership, like. I'm, I'm still got him at like single digits, but it's gonna be higher. It's gonna be like fifteen. I mean, I, I could I could get on board with the Louis call. I I couldn't do it, with Joaquin, but I, I can see where you're coming from with this one. So yeah, I, I agree there. I do have Neiman Mark, but I'm sorry, I was talking about Louis. But uh, the other guy I want to mention just above him is Shane Lowry. Like right. we saw we saw Shane Lowry win the the Open Championship last year. And we knew the conditions that he was walking into there. Obviously, he was in his home home state of Ireland. A little bit different. But, like, overall stat model ranks 20th for me. 14th in my aggregate model. He's 18th in my confidence model. We've seen Lowry struggle recently. And I think part of it is him getting used to new irons. And um, that's, that, that's why we saw him miss the cut at the Safeway. I think he wants to prep for this weekend. Like, he, he really has no interest. We got a miscut, miscut at the Safeway in the Northern Trust. I still think we're going to sh- see a Shane Lowry that's going to come to play. And I'm going to buy that. That's fair. I don't hate it. Don't hate right. it at all. 7K range, man. Light it up. I mean, I don't really have anybody else. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, like, you've got no interest in Paul Casey. you got no, no interest in Gary Woodland, Answer, no. Wolf. None of no. those guys. No. Island person I'm going to mention, it's, there's two. Uh, Henrik Stenson at 7,200 because I think he's priced way too low. Um, he hasn't been consistent by any means, but we haven't really seen him a lot this year. We saw him at the PGA where he missed the cut. At WGC St. Jude, we got 35th, and the Arnold Palmer where he missed the cut. Okay, you know, he didn't look terrible, but we know he can play in majors. He got ninth at last year's U.S. Open. Uh, he got 20th at the Open. So, I mean, he knows how to play in the wind. He knows how to play in thick rough. Um, he performs at majors. He's a guy who just fits this kind of scenario. 
Uh, I just think at 7,200, I cannot not play Henrik Stenson. Stenson? Yeah. I mean, by, it's, this is by far a, he's too cheap, I have to play him play. I don't know, man. He's been so bad. But he hasn't. He hasn't really played, though. That's the problem. Here. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I also, I also kind of like, kind of, this is another one of those, like, he's going to be low-owned, but he's a good putter in Bermuda. I mean, Bermuda. Wow, I'm way off. He's a good putter on POA. Second best surface, but he's decent. Zach Johnson at uh, I don't know what his price is. It's pretty low, seventy one hundred. Seventy one hundred. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think he's a solid play. I I like him. I like him a lot. Seventy one hundred. But I mean, outside of that, I don't really love anybody in the seven Ks, which is fine because I'm going to end up being stuck with upper sixes and mid sixes anyway. So that's really where I'm at in the seven K range. All right. Well, two guys that I love in the seven K range that I'm going to mention mm-hmm. are Paul Casey and Billy Horschel. Uh, Casey ranks seventh in my confidence. Horschel ranks fourteenth. And uh, Lee Aldrich's course su- suitability metric, which you can find on Fanshare Sports, Casey ranks 16th, Horschel ranks 35th. Okay. In my overall stat model, Casey ranks 4th, Horschel ranks 9th. Looking off the tee, Casey ranks number 1, Horschel ranks number 4. Like, lock them up for me. I, my lineup builds might start with these two just to get them highly involved, overexpose them from ownership standards. The 7K range is so big that I'm willing to eat the 12% Paul Casey. And Billy Horschel right now, man, sub 5%. That's pretty solid. Sub 5% ownership right now I'm projecting for Billy Horschel. I'm sure that's going to change, right? It's Billy Hall. Billy Hall's going to garner ownership just by name. Yeah. Um, Concerns I have, worst putting surface for... Horschel is Poa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, concerns with Casey. Same difference. Is that his worst his worst putting surface by far is Poa. But we saw him at the BMW, man. Finished 16th. We knew how hard that course played. And Billy Horschel made it to the Tour Championship. Finished dead last. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. It's a new that's season. Okay. It's a new. And I... I I love the fact that he lost strokes tee to green off the tee in approach around the green putting. Like he looked terrible at the tour championship, but it's one tournament. It's Billy Horschel. Same guy who finished second at the Wyndham seventh, at the work day, you know, historically here at the, at the, um, us open. When you look at these guys, if I could open this in a new tab, um, Horschel, Tied for 32nd, miscut 32nd, 25th. We're looking for place displacement at 7500 bucks. I'm going to hope for a top 25 for Billy Horschel. And you look at the same thing for Paul Casey. He's 7900 We got 21st, 16th, 26th, miscut 39th. Again, score differential, score placement. Makes sense to me. You know, same kind of concepts and idea with Louis. They're consistent grinders. I'm going to take the risk. Yeah, all right. I get it. I'm okay with it. I'll allow it. Okay. I'll allow it. Guy I'm not going to play, not playing Phil. No, no thanks. Uh, that's for sure. Nah, no thank you. No All right, thank so you. Anyone you want to mention? Nope. Matt Wolf, no no answer nope. love, no kids, no Sergio. Nope. 
What about your boy Jordan Spieth? Nope. Off. I thought about it. No thanks. All right. Well, then let's... Let's roll. Let's do it. Or shall we say, can't do it. Can't do it. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this is the Cutline's signature segment, Can't Do It, where Zach and I will look at double-digit ownership golfers that we cannot play, can't do it, won't do it. Kick it off for us, buddy. Well, unfortunately, I thought for sure that you are going to be back on the Target Woods train, and that is going to be my first can't do it, because he's definitely going to be double-digit ownership again. I think 8,600 is pretty low for where we usually see him. Um... But I think he should be way lower. He should him and Stenson should honestly be in the same category. I mean, Tiger Woods hasn't done anything this year since we've been back. He came in ninth at the Farmers back in January. He's like, okay, good. But ever since then, like, he's in the fifties. He's in the sixties. He's his best finish since then is thirty seventh at the PGA Championship. Oh goody! And now we're gonna put him on a course that's extremely hard. And he's gonna have to like whack shit out of the rough. And he's already got a bad back. He's got all sorts of injuries. You're going to ask a guy to, to hammer shit out of, like, five-inch thick rough. And he's, his game isn't good enough to do that anyway. I mean, he's, he, he, in the last 36 rounds, he, his scrambling is 96. His round the green game is 91st. He can't putt. He's 116th in three-putt avoid. His best stat that I'm grading out here is JR's game reached 38th. Like, okay, that's middle of the field. Like, no, thank you. Like, no, no. Stop playing Tiger Woods. He's, it's not going to happen. Stop trying to make Tiger Woods happen. It's not going to happen. And I thank you for not choosing Tiger Woods this week, but that really screws up my can't do it, won't do it to come after you. So I will just say it to all you people and fucking uh, wherever that was in Virginia, don't fucking play Tiger Woods. Okay. That's my can't do it. I can't can't do Tiger Woods. All right. My, my can't do it is... Ches Reavy. Mm, mm, mm. And the only reason is, is he's 6,900 and he's being projected for double digit ownership. I don't go into a major looking for place differential, trying to leverage the field with double digit owned 6K guys. Fair. I don't do it. I can't do it. Other people are going to talk about how good Ches Reavy is as, as a play here. And I'm not saying that, that that's not the case, but I'm not going to eat double-digit 6K ownership. It, it is it is a hard rule for me that I do not do that. In Ches Reavy right now, up to like like in the Fanshare model, I got him up to like 12 13% right now. Damn, that's pretty high. Yeah. 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 It, it is very high. <laughs> that's pretty high. And um, no thank you. No. I, I just I'm not gonna do it. I can't eat ownership like that high in the six K range. And and like guys who are on the cusp of that, Kevin Streelman, he's almost ten percent owned. Mm-hmm. Right? Um like cautious with these six K guys. Like be cautious with them, especially with double digit ownership and, and man, it's Ches Reavy, dude. Never play Ches Reavy on Ches Reavy Chocolate. Never play Chess Reavy and Chess Reavy Chuck Week. It's the rule of the show. It is the rule of the show. It's done us very well. It has. All right. So, 
I know I'm gonna get so much shit for this. Yes. Based on the golfers around them, and I'm gonna say this: the, the, this is like a half-hearted can't do it because I'm still <laughs> gonna play these guys. Okay. Nice. So it's not. I really I can't do it. No. At all. No. But Terrell Hatton and Harris English fit that bill to where like you can pivot to Paul Casey for the same price as English and you can pivot to like Fitzpatrick instead of Hatton. Like there are good plays here that are getting so much lower ownership recognition that you could pivot to to getting leverage. Like Gary Woodland is going to be single digit owned. Mm-hmm. Okay, he grades out very well for this course. 27th in my confidence ranking, 23rd in my overall. Like, he's okay off the tee. He's not terrible off the tee. He's not, you know, he's not Terrell Hatton off the tee, but still, he's a pivot that I'd be willing to say, like, okay, let's do it. Matt Wolf, same difference, right? Sure. He's going to be an ownership pivot. Maybe not as much as, like, Gary Woodland or Answer would be. Louie, another ownership pivot. Like, that is where I'm going to say, like, hey, before you just lock in English or or Hatton, really look at the field around them. True. I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. So, that they're, they're, they're like half, half-ass, can't do it. Half-ass. 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 All right, I, I I think that's it for me for can't do it. It's a hard I, no on Chaz Revy or any other double digit six K chalk. No, nah, I have a, I have pieces of them, but yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree with the six K chalk fade. That's that's not a bad way to to go about it. All right, you ready for the MG? Always ready. Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut, miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> a monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. So welcome to Monsters and Guarantee, the Martin Pillar Effect, our MG, where Zach and I will look at 6K players and give you a monster, a player to finish in the top 25, and a guarantee, a player in the 6K range that we guarantee to make the cut. Ooh-wee! Mm-hmm. All right, man. This is your segment. Who you got? I'm going to start off with a little my monster. And I think, I forgot his price, 6,400, Brian Harmon is my monster this week. So there's a lot of guys in the 6K range that are going to finish in the top 25. It's just going to happen. A lot. I I feel like five. A lot? I think like five. Five is a lot. I think five of them will finish in the top 25. But I think Brian Harmon is going to be one of those guys. And he, I don't know how. But in his last 36 rounds, he ranks number 13th overall for me. And that's because he just decimates scrambling. He's third. Around the green game, he's one. Three-point avoid, he's sixth. And bogey avoid, he's eighth. 
Well, his struggling area is GIRS gained, which does kind of concern me a little bit. But, and it's because his approach game is a little off. And if I'm a little off, it's always off. In the last 255 rounds, he's lost strokes. 0.8 strokes, of course. But, you know, on average, that's his worst area of the game. But where he makes up for it is around the green game, and that's where you need to be good here if you can't hit approach. So I'm okay with that. Recent form is what I, it kind of pushed me to Harmon. 12th at the BMW, 11th at the Northern Trust, 27th at the Wyndham. So two of the three, he would have made the cut for the monster, and he would have finished just outside at the Wyndham. He's in great form coming into this. Uh, I just think it sets up extremely well uh, for Harmon. His best putting service is POA. So, you know, that, that gives him a little bit of a leg up, and he's already good at three-putt avoid and bogey avoid. And you put him on his best putting surface, he can probably gain some strokes on the field here on the green. Uh, I hope that that can offset his terrible approach game. Um, but I'm willing to take that chance. So I'm going to go with Brian Harmon at 6,400 for my monster. Okay. Nice pick. Nice nice call. Yeah. Let's give it a shot. I'm going to go with a double monster. Who are you now? Because um, I'm a dick. <laughs> I love when you do this to me. Now you're going to make me pick another one. Uh, well, yeah. I, I like putting you on the spot, right? Okay. I can do that. I can I've got do more. that. I've got more. I can do that on... This is our show. I mean, you put me in spots, too. That's fine. That's okay. I'm okay with that. All right. So, my two monsters. First one is Eric Van Ruyen. All right. He's 19th in my fairway model. 15th in my approach model. 10th in my scoring model. Sucks at putting. 58th. Okay. When you look at him in my overall stat model, he ranks number 14. In my confidence... Confidence! 23rd. And... He's looking at single-digit ownership. I think he's a solid play at 6,900. He's not going to eat a bolt, bolt, bolt to, uh, like a bunch of your salary. Solid. Boom. Guarantee number one. Guarantee number two. Wait. Guarantee I'm sorry. monster. Sorry, monster. monster All right. I want to make sure we're clarifying here. Monster number two. Thomas Peters. Ooh. Same thing. Solid off the tee. Solid in approach. Solid in scoring. Struggles with putting. Okay, I know that these are 6K guys. I know that they're highly volatile. That's fine. I'm willing to deal with that. The thing is, though, you look at these guys, 6K range, like you got to get in the top 60th to make this cut. Van Ruyen's made a cut here at the U.S. Open last year, tied for 43rd at 6,900. I'll take it. I hope when he plays even better, does even better. Concerns with Thomas Peters, two missed cuts, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Because he's going to make the cut this year and be in the top 25. That is a good, that's a good one. I like that. I like that. I'm surprised you didn't go like Benny on. No, no. I, I'm going to go way off the charts next. But I'll go with my, my guarantee first and I'll come back to close it out with the monster. I'm just going to say my guarantee is Ches Revy. So I'll take that out of the way there. He's going to make the cut. I know he said can't do chop. But if we're doing guarantees, it's Revy for me. So I'll let you bounce back with your guarantee, and then I will come back with my. Oh, my guarantee! My guarantee is not going to make the cut, but what? I'm I'm guaranteeing he's making the cut. Oh, who? Uh, Coke rack. Oh, really? I was thinking about going with my other monster. I think he's a great play. I think he's a solid play. I think he's a better monster call than a guarantee. But um, Jason Coke rack, you know, in 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 the last 36 rounds, he actually ranks 12th in in my like kind of research model, eighth off the tee, 32nd in approach, ninth in ball striking. 12th and T to green. So so he looks solid, but the best part is that he's top 25 and good drives gained. So Coke rack at 6,800 for the, for the guarantee. 
When you look at him, though, in like difficult settings, he's not that bad. He ranks 34th overall, and then he's 30% in greens and regulation, or 30th overall in greens and regulation gain, and 29th in good drives. So, Kokrak's my guarantee, man. At 6,800, I think he's going to end up being a little bit chalky. Um, like, but if he stays under that double digit threshold that I kind of talk about, like, I, I love it. I love him as a play here. That is quite the play. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, let me help you with your monster. What, like Steve Stricker? You going no, that way? No, sir. You never, you could, I could give you 10 guesses and you wouldn't guess who it is. Uh, Hadwin? Hadwin's nope. actually not a bad play. He's not a bad play, but nope, not him either. Uh, CC's not your style. Nope. Um, you hate Kevin Na. Uh, oh, ooh. It's Brandon Wu. Oh, damn it. Really? I didn't think you were going to get him at all. It oh, is Brandon Oh, that's an easy pick. I, I've done this show too much with you. It's uh, Brandon Wu. Uh, he, he grew up here. Yeah. Oh, he did. That's yeah. right. He grew up here. And he's coming off of like a crazy run. He won the Corn Ferry Tour Championship on August 30th. He came in second at the Boise Open two weeks before that, and in late July he came in ninth at the Price, you know, Price Cutter Charity event, which is fine. Uh, all these like the Corn Ferry Tour Championship is no joke. I mean, that's a that's a solid confidence booster. Yeah, I'm, it is. I'm, and and it, he's familiar with the course, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure he hasn't played in a long time, but I mean, having any sort of course history here is or knowledge here is definitely helpful. Uh, I, I think it's. I mean, he's a little overpriced. Sixty six hundred is a lot, but. I love I love Brandon Wu as a as a as a, my double monster. I can't believe you got him. That's crazy. Because he doesn't stat wise, he does not grade out well. And this is his second U.S. Open appearance where he finished. He actually made the cut in his first try. He came in thirty fifth. So not bad. Yeah. No, I I like Brandon Wu. I'm I'm kind of actually pissed that I didn't <laughs> take him. Fuck. I'm so mad that you guessed it. I didn't think I thought for of all these six K guys. I'm like, there's no way you're gonna guess this one. I like. Uh... We got our guys, right? Come on. I thought you were going to tell me that had Sebastian Munoz. No, no. We already talked about him gambling because I knew we were going to take him with an MG. <sighs> Fine. I don't know. Are you going to go back to Jazz Gen? No. Nope. Gen nope. I am not. I have. I have some. Uh, the guys I like in the six K range outside of those two, I, I have some interest in um, Matthias Schwab. We talk about Sebastian Munoz. Talk about Kokrak. I like Mackenzie Hughes. All those off the tee game is terrible. I like Corey Connors because he always does well in these type of situations, but his off the tee game is terrible. Uh, really, that's like my big like top five. I I was interested in Ryan Palmer for like a brief minute, and then I realized that I shouldn't ever be, so I stopped. And you know, that's it. That's all I got. Adam Long. Yeah, yeah, I can see Adam Long. I mean, Adam Long is sixty-two hundred. That like, if you if you really got to get deep, good yeah, pull, good good pull putter made it all the way to the BMW. Made the cut at the BMW, which That's which true. Was, like I I think if you have to go stars and scrubs and you're gonna go down to the low sixes, Adam Long is in play. Yeah, that's. true. I'm just trying to confirm something. Is he in the field? Oh, I thought he was. Give me a second. Sorry. This is, this is a guy here I do like. I thought I saw him in the field. 
Yeah, Grayson Sig, sixty one hundred. I like I like Grayson Sig. He came in second on the Corn Ferry Championship. He kind of has the same pedigree as Brandon Wheel, although not familiar with the course. Um, he he got second at the, uh, the Corn Ferry Championship, and then he was also eleventh at the Boise Open, where um, Wu was second. So he's he's in pr- pretty good form uh, coming in here, and he's okay. real cheap. So I like Sig, Grayson Sig. Well, that that that's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. All right, it's over. It's all over. That'll wrap up our analysis of the U.S. Open. Join us next week as we break down the Corrales Punta Canta Resort and Championship. Oh, man. That's where the Martin Pillar effect started, isn't it? It is. Oh, it certainly God. is. <laughs> Corrales. Oh, oh, uh, thanks again to Fanshare National, PJ Tour. Thank you, Fanshare Sports. Zach, I'd like to thank you for your contributions to yet another great show. Thank you, good sir. Want to thank you, the listener, for taking your time and spending it with us. You can find Zach on Twitter at EaglesFan83. I'm Michael Cavalunas. You can find me on Twitter at Lunas. Of course, you can find the cut line at T Cutline. Get those lineups in. Let's see some wieners yeah. and winners. Go and get them. Later. <laughs>